Welcome to the Beers and Bible Podcast, a podcast that explores God's Word while enjoying the fruits of God's creation. You can find us on Instagram at Beers and Bible underscore, on Facebook by searching Beers and Bible Podcast, and on Twitter at Beers and Bible P1. You can also email us at Beers and Bible Podcast at gmail.com. If you enjoy what you hear on Beers and Bible, please consider leaving a five-star rating and a review on your podcast platform to help us promote this podcast. Billy Currington summed it up well when he said, God is great, beer is good, and people are crazy. So let us join our hosts, Michael and Anthony, for this week's discussion. Welcome to episode number 155 of the Beers and Bible podcast. It is 2023. We're only a week late because uh, life has been nuts, but I am Anthony. And I am Michael, and we are happy to have you back with us for another year of the Beers and Bible podcast. Um, All acquaintance. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, is that a Christmas song real quick? Yes, it is. Totally a Christmas song. Singing at New Year's. Um, so yeah, we're a week late. Um, we're gonna try to record the week between like Christmas and New Year's to be set up for um last week, and that just didn't happen with some sickness going on. Um and just schedules being what they are. That you know what crazy. <laughs> so um all that aside, Anthony, how has 2023 been for you so far? Man, we're what we're we're five days into it now. So five days into 2023, and it has been guns blazing from minute one <laughs> for me. I I feel uh, that. Oh my gosh! It's so we started. We ended 2022 with the most spectacular Georgia Bulldog win of all times that I've ever seen. Have you seen the thing where it's perfectly synced up where the ki- the Ohio State kick was midnight, min at right at midnight as the yes. ball was dropping in New York? Yes. I saw that like the next morning at like four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Absolutely crazy. What it a football was, game that was. My my favorite stat from that that game was it's 2023 and every team in college football is undefeated except Ohio State. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Poor guys. Poor guys. But anyway, that's how yeah. I've been. How are you doing, man? Same. We're uh, getting over all the sickness that we had in our house, like. We all just kind of pass it around to each other for the worst <laughs> starting like the Saturday before Christmas, like uh-huh. Christmas Eve. We like my Ooh. wife started feeling sick, like sinus, like sinus and congestion and all that stuff. And then I had it like Christmas Day and the next day. And then she had it again. <laughs> and then like we were sick, kind of like hoping that we were going to be OK on our anniversary, which we were. And then like my kids have been sick. It's just been a little just that time of year where it's all mm-hmm. like we had that super cold couple of days up here. Oh, yeah. I remember um, that. Oh, that yeah, you I was were driving here. home. You were here for that. <laughs> so, but we're good. And, you know, work's been crazy busy already. And, uh, which is good. Busy mm-hmm. is good. means, you know, things are going well, but, um, just haven't really had a chance to like take a breath yet. And like you said, it's like, yes. it's January 5th that when we record this January 5th, and I feel like it's been like just five straight days of just like mm-hmm. go, 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 which again, not bad, just is. So just is um, what it is. But you know, new year, same old us. We're still gonna mm-hmm. uh we're still gonna drink some beer. We're gonna talk about the Bible, we're gonna get back into our book by book discussion now that yep. we're out of the Christmas season. And um speaking of Christmas, Anthony, you have a Christmas beer that you're going to drink tonight. You're you're sneaking one in. You're starting off 2023 with uh, memories of 2022. So why don't you go ahead and talk about that and we'll get rolling. Sure. So tonight, uh, my buddy Willie, uh, who happens to also be my neighbor, um, dropped me off. So we were out of town the week before Christmas. He dropped me off a gift and it was this thing right here, the Christmas Ale from St. Arnold Brewing Company. Mm. Um, And it's called Ye Old Christmas Ale. So, I mean, I just look at that. Look at that guy. That guy's awesome. He looks like the Pope. But anyway, St. Arnold Brewing Company brews this, and they are from, let me see, I didn't look where they were from. I'm assuming it's somewhere in Texas because all of their like logos on them have Texas on them. So let's see if I can find out where they are real quick. 
Um, oh, Houston, Texas. They're in Houston, Texas. There we go. So they're from Houston, Texas, and this is a it's, this is how they describe it: a rich copper-colored hearty ale, perfect for the holiday season, with a malty sweetness and spicy hop character. The generous use of five different malts is responsible for the full flavor and high alcohol level of this beer. This thing comes in. I didn't even look at that. What does this thing come in at? Um, you are so unprepared. I am. I'm starting 2023 off the wrong way. 7.5% ABV is what it comes in at. I could have just looked right here. It was right there in front of me the whole time. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it comes in 7.5 ABV and I like ales and this says it's rich copper colored. So that means it's probably a red ale, which means I'm probably going to like it even more. So that's Mm. what I have. And I'm excited about it. Thanks, Willie. Appreciate it. What are you drinking? So tonight I am drinking from um what I, what was it? Four Sixes Craft Beer, uh brewed and canned by Grit and Glory Brewing Company. I am drinking their Amber Lager. Nice. Um it is 5% ABV and that's really like literally all that's on here. So if you've ever watched the show Yellowstone, then you know what Four Sixes is. Yeah, I was going to let you uh, intro that because I've never watched Yellowstone. It's one of those things that's like, I feel like I would really enjoy it. Mm-hmm, you probably would. But I don't want to become a Yellowstone zombie the way mm-hmm. I became a zombie the first time I watched Lost. When <laughs> I watched Lost, would. When I watched Lost the first time, I would watch like four or five episodes in a row Mm because it was on Netflix at that point or whatever it was. It was at one point. Yeah. And so, you know, me and my wife, we'd start watching them after dinner, but she'd Mm -hmm. go to sleep and I'd be up to like two, three in the morning (laughs) watching lost and having to catch her up on (laughs) half a season of stuff that happened. (laughs) Yeah. Almost to the point where it was, it got, it it ultimately got to the point where she was like, you know what? I, I don't, I don't need to know. Lost is one of the greatest shows of TV history. It really I agree, is. I agree with that wholeheartedly. I think it's if it's not number one, it's number two by a long shot. Yeah. Um, but it's uh, we did ultimately like she did go back and watch it. Again. We've mm-hmm. done that a lot too. Like we've tried to watch shows before and couldn't get into them. Yeah. And then tried them again later and really got into them. So yep. Um, we we got into Lost. So I didn't get into Lost until season five. And what happened is a friend of mine had all four seasons. Get this. For this is old school right here. They had them on DVD. I thought you were about to say tape, like VHS. (laughs) (laughs) Not that old. No, they had them on DVD. And so he loaned me the four seasons. And this was back before we had kids. And so it was literally like we would go to work. We would come home. We would we'd usually eat dinner really fast or we would pick something up on the way home because we didn't have kids and we didn't really care. And Mm -hmm. so we would sit in the bed and just watch. I mean, we probably watched half a season every night. We watched all four seasons in two weeks. Yeah. Before the premiere of season five. <laughs> yeah. It was crazy. It's it was a good time. A, it's <laughs> such a good show. Um but I feel like Yellowstone would be like that for me. Like I'd it, watch one it, episode and then just not binge. stop. So yeah. Anyway, <laughs> enough about TV. Let's drink some beer because this is not a TV and sports podcast. It's, it's not a beers and Bible podcast. So Let's crack open some beer. I haven't, I haven't had a bottle in a long time. So, Ooh, I was about to say, that's a new one for you, isn't it? Yes, it is. Here we go. Three, two, one, crack. Oh, missed that sound. Hmm. Do you know what this thing smells like? You Hobby probably don't Bobby. because you're not here with me. Um, have, have you had, did it ever get you one of the reclaimed rye? From comfort creature comforts up there in Athens, I don't think so, but maybe you did. You should be able to find them up there because they're close by to you. That's what this thing smells like, and that's one of my favorites. Hmm. Mm. I saw I saw one of our favorites in the store today, and uh, it took me back. Um, I actually saw two. I got one of them. I saw the Hershey's Porter. Yes, and then I I got a six pack of that because I hadn't had one in a while, and then um, I also saw old uh, Classic City Lager. Oh, classic city. That's a creature comforts beer too. It is. That's what that's, that's what made stuff. me think. Are you sure? I thought it was a Coney. No. Classic City is a creature comforts. Okay. You say so. <laughs> so this smells just like a regular beer. It I'm not expecting anything like 
out there just because it's a amber lager is mm-hmm. literally on the can. Um, but this may be uh, this may be a new uh, go to for me. Of course, I well, may have to drink them while watching Yellowstone. I don't know. <laughs> there you go. I'm gonna I'm gonna insert some Yellowstone music right here for copyright infringement. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. Don't get us canceled, please. Don't get us canceled. We don't need to start 2023 that way. <laughs> true that. True that. Well, let's drink some beer and see how it tastes. Let's go. Cheers. Bottoms up. That's pretty good. It's like a slightly more bitter version of the Reclaimer Eye. So they call they say it's malty, very strong on the malt, mediocre on the hops, and mostly strong on the body. That's how they hmm. arrange it on their website. I would agree with their assessment too. Um, I'll go first because I can probably nail this thing down pretty quick. This is definitely a red ale. Um, <clears throat> it's got really good flavor. It's a little bit more bitter than I than I'm kind of used to, but it's still pretty good. The flavor of it is is tasty. The mm. texture of it is really good. This is, I mean, for just kind of like an all around beer, um, this thing's pretty well done. I'm. It's not a five Luther for me, just because it's there, there's nothing like it's not creative or unique or like mm-hmm. a one of a kind. Yeah. Um, they only brew it during the Christmas season. So there's that It's kind of like Oktoberfest, but yeah, I would give this easily. I would give this four Luthers. Wow. So this thing's good. It's got, if, if you like red ales, you're probably going to like this one. Hmm. Um, it's got a little more body than most of them do, which I think that's part of that, that, um, malty flavor gets a little bit more bitter. Um, but, uh, but yeah, overall great, great beer, great taste, great flavor, great texture. Four Luthers. Awesome. How's the Yellowstone not, uh, beer? Whatever that so, means. <laughs> uh, the Amber Lager from Four Sixes, I don't know if it's because it's in a Yingling glass, but it tastes darn near like Yingling. <laughs> well, that's um, good. I mean, it it could easily give Yingling a run for its money. Whoa. Like I like some Yingling now. Yeah, I know. That's And that's like, sacred that's that's, that's that's the sacred one here it's my go-to man that's like yeah. how most people feel about budweiser <laughs> yeah so but this is really good um uh a hint of caramel um just a good beer like there's nothing mm-hmm. like like it's, it's not a five luther it's not anything unique or um like super crazy about it but this is a really really good just beer tasting beer flavored beer yeah. Um yeah, the the uh the can has the description of it as a full-bodied Marzen style amber lager with noble with noble hops. Um I don't know what any of that means, but <laughs> to be honest with you, but it's I mean Yingling better look out because they may have just like I may be splitting my time between the two of them. Like, man, I'm I'm yeah. gonna have to find this thing. I wonder if Alter- I can find alternating it. weekends and every other holiday or something. Like, <laughs> alternate got joint Spot. custody. <laughs> yeah, joint custody here. So, um, but to but to give it a rating, um, I think I mean, would you? I'm gonna I'm gonna rate this, and then you say if you would would rate Yingling the same. Okay. 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 I'm gonna give the Amber Lager from Four Sixes Grit and Glory four Luthers out of five. Yeah, yeah that's uh, that's about where I rate Yingling. So that's fair. I mean, th- I mean this is this is really good. Like yeah. I'm I'm very surprised. I got it because it wasn't an IPA. Um. And I didn't want a pilsner. They do have a pilsner. Yeah, I was just looking um, at their website. They don't have they don't have a ton. They have like three or four beers that I can mm-hmm. see. Um, but I mean, it wasn't a it wasn't an IPA and it wasn't a pilsner, and that's pretty much all I need. So, um, <laughs> but four six is coming in hot with a really good amber lager if you can get your hands on it. I would recommend tracking it down. Tracking it down. Sweet. So. Well, there's a couple of beers for you. The uh, the St. Arnold coming in at Four Luthers, the Christmas Ale. Ye old Christmas Ale. Uh, coming in at Four Luthers. The Is four it sixes. ye oldie? It, yeah, just, it's, 
Yeah, O L D E. It's ye oldie. I mean, if ye you oldie say right. Christmas ale. That's right. If you speak in old English, if you speak in King James, <laughs> easy there. Some of our, uh, I, I might have just upset some King James only people. Don't do that. Can't be having that. <laughs> Shoot. We all know I don't care. You're right. <laughs> so anyway, there's a couple of beers. I uh, hope you enjoyed that. And we're going to take a short break like we do. We're going to come back and we're going to dive into the book of Isaiah. We're moving on to the prophets. We got to finish up the prophets. That's real. I think that's all we have left is the prophets of the Old Testament. And then we're yep. right on into the New Testament. So yep. we're only um, about a year away from being done. <laughs> With the if Bible, we're lucky. <laughs> if all goes well, if all goes well, we'll be done before Jesus comes back. Hopefully, <laughs> we'll be doing our next Advent series. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> As we conclude Revelation. <laughs> oh oh man. man! Oh man! Well, stick around. We will be back right after this break. Welcome back to the Beers and Bible Podcast. We hope that you have enjoyed um, a nice beverage of whatever your choice would be and um, are enjoying the episode so far. We are diving back into our book-by-book discussion slash study slash flyover of the Bible. Um, We are jumping back in after we took that the few weeks off there to do the Advent series and we are going to get right into it. We're going to go into the prophets. Uh, the first one tonight being Isaiah. And um, just some things to like kind of set up as we talk about the prophets. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of times you hear the word prophet and it's like, oh, that's someone who talks about the future. Or that's someone who reads mm-hmm. things. Like, and that's like, yes, that is a definition. But when we talk about prophets in scripture that's not necessarily what we're talking about here a prophet in the old testament their role Mm -hmm. was calling god's people god's nation israel back to their covenant agreement their covenant Mm -hmm. roots so to speak Um, when israel strays it's the responsibility of the prophet um to almost rein them back in like hey guys yeah. get get it together get back to where get back to where you need to be if um, if if we had modern day prophets it would probably sound something like this yo idiots listen up <laughs> that's that's what it would start with yeah i mean if <laughs> when you're reading a lot of times when you're reading the prophets that's kind of the almost the feeling you get is like mm-hmm. this guy is calling these people out for their stupidity and idiocy yes. <laughs> and they're just not listening. Shocker, because the nation of Israel has over and over and over again shown obey kind of God. They are obey God, <laughs> get mad at God, disobey God, suffer the consequences, <laughs> repent, go back to obey God. And then it's just like a whole cycle. It's like the Deuteronomic cycle yeah. over and over again. Yeah, we keep coming back to that. So um, we we get into prophecy um, in the Old Testament. It often takes this poetic form, <clears throat> not rhyming poetry, obviously, mm-hmm. in English, because it was written in English. Shocker. What? Um, yeah, I know. You mean, you mean the, the Bible wasn't written in 1611 English? No, it was not. Get out of here with your heresies. <laughs> also, that was barely English. Have you read a 1611 <laughs> Bible? <laughs> Good grief. Um, there's English woven in there um I'm, a, I'm out here poking fun at all the kjvs tonight i'm sorry do it um <laughs> and then um and as we've done with every book that we've discussed so far like each book has this different setup if you will mm-hmm. um the circumstances surrounding it so like as we introduce each prophet um there's just be aware that the backdrop that they're writing from that they're that they're speaking into the mm-hmm. circumstances, they're going to be different every single week. Like they may yeah. be 
written at sim- the same time or written at similar like because of similar things yeah but the specific backdrop for each prophet will be different for each prophet yes which is why context matters and it's why Jeremiah 29:11 matters you know yeah it's it's not about you winning your football game but it is about being in captivity and mm-hmm. knowing that even in your captivity that God still has a plan for you yeah you know and so so context is is going to be key and it's going to to set up each week realistically and and so you know we're going to dive into tonight we're going to dive into Isaiah and we're going to split it up just cuz of how long the book is we're going to we're going to split this book up into a couple of weeks um but tonight we really just want to sit down and kind of give you some data to orient like we always do we give you data to orient yourself around the book um talk about advice for how we're going to read the book and then we're going to walk through just part of it tonight about half of it um, but the prophet here that we're talking about is Isaiah of Jerusalem. Um, the date that he's writing this or that this, uh, all the events in this book really take place are going to be between six or I'm sorry, 740 and 687 BC. Um, so we're not quite to the, the second exile yet. Uh, that's in 586 that that happens. Um, but the major content for Isaiah is is going to focus on the idea of God's sovereignty and his majesty and his redemptive love. Um, these are going to be fleshed out. They're going to be played out uh, in the way that he deals with Israel. And, and, and you're going to see this over and over in the prophets. It's, it's God interacting with his people. Is what mm. is what a lot of these are. You know, you get these oracles, or you or you read the words, "Thus saith the Lord," and it's God speaking to His people through the prophet, that kind of thing. Um, but what we're going to end up seeing is that Israel is destined for both judgment and salvation. Um, and then, w- kind of as a larger picture of that, we can include the nations as well, because in in parts of this, you're going to in- they're going to be included. Other nations, Babylon's going to be included, Egypt's going to be included, Assyria is going to be included. All of these other nations that are interacting with Israel mm-hmm. um, are also going to be included in these stories and these uh, oracles and these. And God uses these nations, whatever they are, they He uses them for His purpose and for His glory. And yeah. and He's writing and He's weaving a story that says, "I'm going to bring redemption. I'm going to bring salvation." And I'm going to do it through all of these nations. And then the culmination of that ends up obviously being Jesus, who is the salvation for all of the nations Yeah, that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And so so just keep that churning in the back of your mind. But, but this book specifically, the book of Isaiah, is going to emphasize really kind of four major things. Um, it's going to emphasize God's holiness, obviously his majesty. We, we talked a little bit about that. It's going to, it's, it's going to emphasize Israel's central role as kind of the, um, the place where God's plans for the nations begin and kind of go out. It's, mm. I get, I, the way I think of it is like an entry point. You know, if you, if you're going into a maze, you got to like be dropped into one part to kind of, to get going. And so Israel is that, that one chosen nation who's the entry point for God's glory being taken to the nations. Um, and then we're going to see uh, the redemption through God's suffering servant. Um, we're going to talk about that when we get to Isaiah chapter 9 tonight. Um, and then we're going to eventually see the the glorious future redemption of those who belong to God, and that's mm-hmm. all people who belong to God, regardless of if they're a part of Israel or not, um, which which incorporates the the inclusion of the Gentiles when we get to the New Testament. So you start to see foreshadowing of all of that stuff Mm -hmm. here in the Old Testament, and you can start to see that picture being painted that God's God's glory is much bigger and much greater than just one nation and one chosen people. But that's that's where he starts. And and, you know, if I can draw just a couple of parallels, you know, it starts with one nation and goes to all the nations and salvation starts with one man. And that one man is Jesus. And it goes to all people. Mm -hmm. Um, And and so you you begin to see this meta narrative that we've talked about played out in the the details of of scripture and played out in the narrative of scripture um and you can you can begin to piece all of this stuff together as we're going to walk through specifically this book but even the rest of the prophets so yeah. so that kind of orients us around what we're going to be reading let's talk about a little bit of advice for how we're going to read Isaiah 
Yeah. So as we read Isaiah, um, there's some things here to focus on, like, to, or to focus to remember the theological focus of, of Isaiah. Here, mm-hmm. Here's some, like, key points. Like, um, God is the Holy One of Israel. Yeah. Um, and then in, like, almost in reciprocity. Recipro- reciprocity reciprocity that's the word i I knew the word i just couldn't say it um so god is the holy one of israel israel is god's holy people Mm -hmm. like the relationship is between creator and people um that that's the that's the relationship there yeah um and then jerusalem is god's holy city so you know we're we're seeing um you talked about holiness being uh, one of the emphasis of the book, we're seeing a lot of talk here about what is holy in the book of Isaiah. Yeah. Um, and then you, you've already said, too, about the nations uh, being God's ultimate redemption. This is the mm-hmm. Gentiles. These are the people who aren't in aren't part of God's holy people of Israel aren't, mm-hmm. and don't have God as the holy one of Israel. Yeah. Um, that don't see Jerusalem as God's holy city. Like the Gentiles are those people and that is God's ultimate redemption. And that's God's ultimate. Um, that's the plan It's not just for mm-hmm. one people to know him it's for all people to know him. Yeah. Um, and, and the central theme that we'll see uh, in Isaiah's story here is that Israel in all of their obstinance and all of their, um, turning their back on him in all of their waywardness, like they're still going to be loved by God. Yeah. And that's a great reminder for us is that even when we mess up, even when we sin, even when we actively choose to not worship or actively choose to do something that is against uh, what God has called us to be. Yeah. um, He still loves us. He's still is right there ready for us to come back to him, ready for us yeah. to um, just run back to him. And he's never going to like, he doesn't move. We're the ones that move away from him. Mm-hmm. And so in those moments when you feel like, man, God is not near to me right now. It's like, no, that's probably you not being near <laughs> to him because he's, he's immovable. He, he doesn't, he doesn't change. He's never changed. He never will change. Yeah. We're the ones that change. And so our options are either change and push change, change and lean in or change and pull away. Yeah. Um, and so Israel still being loved by God, despite all their messages. <clears throat> um, and then finally we see that God's presence in Jerusalem is the symbol of God's relationship with the people um, that is desecrated in chapter one and promised to be restored um, toward the end of mm-hmm. Isaiah here. And here we see um, the micro expression of the meta narrative of scripture, which you've already kind of talked about tonight. You have creation, you have fall, you have redemption and you have consummation. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I'm finding out that a lot of the books of the Bible, especially the old Testament are these, micro expressions mm-hmm. of the whole of like creation fall redemption consummation like yeah the the story the grander story of scripture is repeated over and over and over again yeah on a smaller scale throughout scripture mm-hmm. yeah you end up what you end up seeing is what we um if you talk to textual critics or theologians they call them archetypes Mm. Uh, archetypes um and it's basically a little uh little version of a bigger story yeah okay and and you see those all the way through and and the really cool part about reading scripture really i mean even from cover to cover is that you get to see all of these repeated over and over and you get to see the repeated story of god redeeming his people redeeming creation and and so it's it's a it's a really beautiful uh thing when you when you pay attention to it and, yeah. and pick up on it in scripture because it makes scripture really come alive on a, on a different level. So, yeah. Um, but we're going to walk through, we're going to, we're going to really kind of hit like the first 27 ish chapters, uh, tonight. Um, 
just as we as we begin to walk through, and then we'll finish up uh, Isaiah next week and and have some concluding thoughts. But but I'll take us through just kind of a, a couple of of different sections here. The the intro uh, of Isaiah comes, and we we see the corruption of. Uh, and we see the future of God's holy people in God's holy place. Um, you open Isaiah with judgment on Israel uh, because of their sins, um, but you also see God offering mercy to them, mm. and and God commits Himself really from the beginning. He He commits Himself to their redemption and and the redemption of His creation, mm. and we see that from the beginning. Chapters one and two, we we really see that, and then rolling chapter two on into uh, like the end of chapter five. We're going to see the coming day of the Lord. Um, you see in these sections, there is there is arrogance that is linked to trusting in idols and, and not trusting in God. And mm-hmm. we've talked about this um, when we said things like uh, we we trust in created things rather than the creator. Yeah. Um, there's a certain level of arrogance that, that goes along with saying that I'm going to trust this created thing. As, as if it's more important than the one who created it. And so, you know, we, we have to, as, as humans, we're, we're kind of susceptible to that. Mm-hmm. And in our fallen nature, we're susceptible to those kinds of things. And we have to be on guard. We have to watch out for these kinds of things because these can be pushed into uh, a lot of, of areas in our life. Mainly, I think about like social areas, social issues, um, and then we have leaders and and Lord, don't let us get started on on the absolute shamble that is Washington, DC right now. <laughs> Good Lord. Um, but we see these problems get exacerbated by things by leaders, leaders in the nation of Israel, kings, prophets, you know, this is the prophets are not perfect either. And and you know, they carry the word of God, but it's it's yeah. not like they're above the law and you know. They they still have their blunders as well, and so, um, but you see these kinds of things um, exacerbated by leaders of nations and leaders of religious leaders of Israel. Um, but even in all of this disarray and all of this disaster, we can still see that there's hope. God has a promise to redeem His people, and we can trust that God will bring His promises to fruition. Mm. And so, so you know. That that kind of walks us into the book of Isaiah, sets us up. It's not really a pretty picture, um, but it's at least an honest picture uh, that we can use to assess our own lives. Yeah, uh, and I think it's good for that. It's good for us to to read scripture and see the mirror that it is and how it reflects our own lives. So, take us through the next couple of sections there. So now that we've set all that up, um, Isaiah actually comes onto the scene. He is the first time he's. Um, I guess it's the first time that he's mentioned. I'm saying that out of ignorance. I don't know. <laughs> um, so chapter six, we have Isaiah's vision and commission. Mm-hmm. Um, he sees the truth of what his people are facing and, you know, all that stuff we just talked about with um, Israel and their sins, um, their arrogance being tr- linked to trusting in idols, like all mm-hmm. of this stuff, like Isaiah sees the truth. Um, and I, Isaiah himself repents um, which I think is interesting because he's not like it's the whole nation of Israel is is the one or is who is sinning in this situation. And mm-hmm. Isaiah repents. The prophet repents. I don't think that's on behalf of Israel. I think that's him personally repenting because I think he knows that he can't carry the message that he needs to carry to the nation. Mm-hmm. If he himself has not repented, yeah. If he if he if he himself is like still living in that, you know, or has has not repented of that sin, yeah. then he knows that his his words won't carry weight, yeah, to the nation when, of Israel. When we are confronted with the glory of God, it should it should lead us to repentance every time. And yeah. and you know if if you find yourself making excuses. For well, I'm not as as bad as this person, or or compared to this or that, or you know, if you find yourself yeah. bringing in other stuff, you're you're not you're not looking at it the right way, right? Yeah. You know, regardless of what other people are doing, the glory of God should bring us to repentance every single right. time. Well, and I mean, God's law doesn't care what other people do, like like no. what 
how you live your life, Anthony, doesn't impact my relationship with God. No. Like it doesn't impact how God would treat me if I did not know him, if I did not follow yeah. him, if I did not trust in his son. Yeah. And so same thing. Anyway, so Isaiah repents and he's commissioned to take the message of judgment that is coming to Israel to mm-hmm. the people of Israel. Um, and in the next couple of chapters, we see this failed kingship in Judah. Um, King Ahaz wavers before a pagan culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this failure is portrayed in Isaiah's two sons. Um, and then uh, the promised Emmanuel reminds Ahaz of God's presence and to trust in him. Yeah. Um, not really a whole lot to, to dive into there. <laughs> um and then we get into the future kingship of Judah. I'll go ahead and do this next one. Yeah. Do um, so, so the failure of Ahaz is contrasted like immediately yeah. by God's announcement of the great Davidic king who is going to be Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and these middle sections display how God's judgment is on all people. Like it doesn't matter Greek, Gentile, Hebrew, it, whatever, like. Mm-hmm. God's judgment is on all people, no matter what. Yeah, and so, yeah, that's that's how we get through that. Um, yeah, I don't know if you have anything to add, but no, I, I do think it's interesting. Um, and and I'll use this to kind of set up the next section. Um, you have when you go from seven through really chapter nine, um, it's it's a massive contrast. Uh, because you have the failure of Ahaz, you have the the you know the failures of really, I mean, even Isaiah's sons there uh, in seven and eight, and then nine, you have the portrayal, or you have at least the wording. You know, think of like nine six. We always quote it at Christmas time: "Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God." Um, these names of God, and that is the that's the one true King that's mm-hmm. coming. Yeah. And so when you introduce the one true king, it really kind of changes the narrative. Yeah. Right there. Um, which is which leads to that bookend. But um, as you get through chapters 12, through chapter 12 and into chapter 13, then you start having because the one true king has come, you start having these judgments, these oracles that are against Israel, um, and also against their their enemies. And so you have, you know, and that, and that what it does is it shows that, that when God comes in judgment, that it's not a, you know, I'm, I'm going to single out just a couple of people. It's no, I'm coming in judgment yeah. and, and it's, it's big and it's bad. Yeah. Um, and, and we need to be prepared for it. Um, Israel's enemies come and they, you know, they are, they're judged. And then you see that contrasted with hope that's promised for Judah um, you, there's a lot of imagery of holy war in these these couple of chapters, 13 and 14. Um, again, the king is singled out uh, because of his arrogance. We we you know we talked about how arrogance leads us to worship created things rather than the creator. That's a lot of times what gets kings in trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, they put up the asterisk poles and and uh, they worship pagan gods and and they try to do these other things to appease the world around them. Um, and then. In chapters 14 through really the end of 17, you see um, more judgment against Judah's neighbors, the people who are around them, Philistia, Moab, Damascus. Um, And this section right here really focuses on what the coming disaster is going to be. Um, But in the midst of that disaster, it focuses on Zion. And remember, you know, we kind of use them interchangeably, but Zion and Jerusalem are basically the same thing. Yeah. um, When we're talking about this. And so, there's hope in the midst of that disaster for Zion. And, and I'll, I'll interject a little, little sidebar right here, because I think it's interesting. Um, there is a, there is a group of theologians and and they're called dispensationalists and, and there's, there's a whole system around it. And, and I'm not going to dive all the way into that, that whole system, but what they do is, is they say that when it comes to, and if, if you've been in a Baptist church, you're going to know what I'm talking about. They talk about the rapture and they talk about the second coming of Christ. And they talk about how Jesus is going to come before the tribulation. And he's going to remove the church from, from the earth in a pre-tribulational rapture. Um, and then there's going to be like this time period, seven and a half years or whatever it is. And then they say he comes back at the end of that. And when I, when I hear things like that, I can't help but think about sections like this of Isaiah 
where Israel or Jerusalem or Zion is in the middle of the disaster that's going on. Mm -hmm. You know, God doesn't remove them from the disaster. And there's there's nowhere in Scripture where God actually removes his people, his chosen people from a disaster. But what we see time and time and time and time again is that God is with them through that disaster and he provides for them and he protects them and he guides them and he leads them because their goal, their mission is to be a light to the nations in the midst of that disaster. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I, I, I can't help but, but, disparage and i hate to say it that way because that sounds mean but but i just can't think real highly of a a theological position that says god's going to remove his people from the earth to allow you know judgment to come on it right now at the end of time there's going to be the great white throne judgment there's going to be some serious judgment for everybody but before we get to that god's people are always called to be a light in a dark world. Yeah. We're called to be that reflection. And, and that's what you see in Isaiah right here is he's, he's being that hope. He's being that guide for them through this judgment. Um, and so, so as he's bringing judgment on their neighbors, Philistia, Moab, Damascus in 14 through 17, he's bringing these judgment down. And, and even again, in ver- in chapters 18 through 20, he's going to do it again, but he's always, got reason for his judgment. He always has an announcement and um, he pronounces the judgment and it happens. But in the middle of all that, he always protects his people and he always yeah. preserves for himself a remnant. Yeah. Um, and we'll, we're going to see that a lot through the prophets. We're going to talk about the remnant. Um, and so, so that, that really gets us from like 13 all the way down through 20. Um as we talk about God's judgment, and and we're going to talk a lot about God's judgment in Isaiah because it ain't it ain't a real fun book. Um, mm-hmm. But but take us through just the the last few chapters we're going to discuss tonight um, as we as we start to wrap it up. So chapters twenty one through twenty three, um, we have more uh, from Isaiah against Balon and her allies. I'm God continuing to judge. I totally people. misspelled that. That should be Babylon. Oh, you can't spell. <laughs> and I look at me just like. Assuming you know what you're doing. Uh, Babylon, uh, against Babylon and her allies, um, God continues to judge people because they've turned from him um, uh, because of their sinful actions. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Shocker. The, yeah. Um, yeah, when people... Yeah, it's... Uh, again, cyclical. Um, and then the last few chapters we're going to discuss tonight through, uh, through uh, chapter 20 through part of 27 or all 27 i think that's um, most of 27 uh we have the distress of the nations and the feasting on yahweh's holy mountain mm-hmm. um the last few sections we talked about the last four really um may imply that god is reactionary but this is but this section um shows that god is the sovereign lord of all nations yeah um he is the one that is um he reigns over all he he is always reigns and he always will and his ways um will always come to fruition um and then at, we see here after judah renews its commitment to god they have peace but not um until after they're disciplined yeah and so you know that, that shows the yes you can repent and yes you can have peace but there's still going to be consequences for your actions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's a good reminder for us today that your consequences, your, or I'm sorry, your actions carry weight. Your actions carry consequences. Um, not to say that there's not hope and there's not a chance for peace and all that stuff, but mm-hmm. there's still consequences for your actions. So, yeah, you know, we, especially in our society today, we we've gotten to the point where we think, consequences are a bad thing um and we need to remember that consequences are a good thing because consequences mm-hmm. are a teaching tool and they help us remember hey you know what the last time i did this this happened and i probably don't need to do that again right you know or the last time this happened this really good thing happened and i probably should do that again 
Yeah. I think we we always have that negative connotation with consequences, <clears throat> mm-hmm. but consequences is just a response of an action. Yeah. Like it doesn't it's not good or bad. It just is. It is. It is what it and, is. And and it what it is depends on whether or not your action follows the rules or doesn't follow the rules. Mm-hmm. Or, or honors God or doesn't honor God. Honors God, doesn't honor God. Yeah. So you know, the idea of consequences being negative, that's a that's a very Western, very 21st century mindset. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So, Well, that takes us through about half of Isaiah. And we hope you enjoyed that. Um, hope yes. you learned a, at least a little bit about what the book of Isaiah does. Uh, Isaiah is a really not fun book to read. I, I, I mean, like, just being 100% honest, like, it's not a lot of fun to read because you're kind of like, oh, God this again (laughs) here's here's what i like my experience in isaiah is always like and it's very eisegetical but like people will pick certain verses and Mm -hmm. use them like isaiah 40 31 and isaiah Mm -hmm. 9 6 yeah yeah and i mean (laughs) yes there's truth to that but like what's going on around that yeah that is maybe not so pretty yeah as that poetry implies yeah it's a beautiful picture and it's and it's wonderful for us to think about that you know that god is our strength and yes we will mount up on wings like eagles but at the end of the day you have to understand what israel is going through forgive me if this is like the dumbest (laughs) Uh metaphor ever (laughs) but i just thought of like why it matters to have context Okay, okay, so think 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 about scripture, mm-hmm. like a thousand piece puzzle. Mm-hmm. Taking one verse is like having one piece of the puzzle and, th- and saying you've got the whole puzzle. Yes, that's exactly what it is. Oh man, that just broke my brain. <laughs> I'm sure someone else has thought of that, but like I've never heard it before. Mm-hmm. And like when I, I wish that you could have like. I wish other people could have seen my reaction just now. <laughs> it was pretty fun. I enjoyed it. <laughs> but I was like, whoa. So, yes. Dang. Next time you think about taking a verse out of context, remember, you ain't got the whole puzzle. Mm-hmm. You're not looking at the entire puzzle. Dang. Light bulb. So, there you go. That's why con- context matters. Yes. Hashtag. Context matters. Hashtag, Hashtag. context matters. <laughs> On all of our posts from now on. All right. There so, we go. But there we go. We'll get back into Isaiah next week. We'll wrap up um, that book um, and keep rolling with our study. Um, we hope that you've enjoyed our episode this week, and we're glad to be back. We're glad to be back for another year. 2023 is going to be a great year for us here on the Beers and Bible Podcast. Um, yep. Anthony, as we close tonight, would you like to pray for us? I would love to. I would love to. Let me do that. God, we thank you for another opportunity. We thank you for a new year. Uh, We thank you for uh, continued life uh, for one more year that you have granted to us. And God, we praise you for that. And we want to take the time that we have uh, to honor you, to glorify you, and to do all the things that we can do to learn uh, from your word, from your revealed word in scripture uh the way way you have taught us and so god as we continue on and uh coming out of the season uh of your son and his advent god we it's great to go into the book of isaiah and what isaiah chapter 9 tells us about jesus and that, that he is the mighty god the everlasting you're the everlasting father the prince of peace uh and so god we glorify you for your majesty your holiness Um, and how the book of Isaiah teaches us about that holiness. And God, I pray that we would recognize um, that we are a people who are called to be holy, but we're not holy on our own. We're not holy out of anything that we do, but we're holy because we're yours. And that we can be holy because you are holy, because you are the perfect uh, image and perfection of holiness. And so, God, we glory in that. And we thank you for your son and and, uh, what his death on the cross purchases for us but that death on the cross came uh through a baby and a womb and and so god we are grateful 
that you saw appropriate to to send your son and to live the life that we couldn't live and die the death that we deserved so that we can be reconciled to you. He is our redeemer and uh, and we're thankful for that. And so God, as we continue on talking about your prophets, um, God, that you would teach us, we would learn, we would understand how you interacted with, with your people during this time and that can teach us how we can better interact and we can better interact with the people who are around us and interact with you. Um, and God, that we can apply these lessons to our lives, that we can make uh, wise decisions uh, and we can make uh, honoring decisions that are honorable to you and give you glory. And God, mm-hmm. not anything that we do, not anything that we say, but God, uh, all of our actions would point to you and give glory to you. And so yeah. we thank you for uh, just this time to sit down and talk about your word. Uh, and I thank you for Michael and and uh, being able to to do this together uh, as friends. And and God, I pray that you would bless us as we continue on into 2023. And, and for however long we're able to do this, God, that we would always remember to give you glory and give you honor. And we ask yeah. all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, Michael, if the friends of the Beers and Bible podcast wanted to reach us on social media platforms, where would they make such friendly contact? You can find the Beers and Bible podcast on Instagram at Beers and Bible underscore. You can find us on Twitter at Beers and Bible P1. You can find us on Facebook by searching Beers and Bible podcast. And then you can also email us at Beers and Bible podcast at gmail.com. We would love to uh, hear from you if you have any questions about anything we've discussed on the podcast or have any suggestions for uh, beers that you'd like for us to review on the podcast. We would love to hear those from you and give you a shout out if maybe we review one of the beers that you've suggested to us on those social media platforms. Boom. Pew, pew, pew. Pew, pew, pew. Well, we hope that your beer stays cold, your Bible stays open, and we will see you later. Peace out.